Hey, what's going on, my friends? Dr. Drew with the Making Motivation Podcast. It's 2 p.m.-ish on what I believe is the 9th of April 2019, 20, 2020. Uh, been under quarantine-ish for about a month at this point. Things are pretty crazy. Um, got my daily log going here. Slept in a little bit this morning, got up, got some good grub in my belly, spent some time with my family, then I did a a Zoom meeting with my my Wandocs, which are my doctorate level acupuncture students. I teach a medical diagnostics class for them, with them. So uh, it was probably the most successful meeting on Zoom that I've taken part in, uh, actually run, heretofore. So we're becoming better and better at using technology in order to communicate, interact. That's pretty cool. I mean, I'm I'm glad that we all have the internet, or majority of us have the net, the web, and an opportunity through technology, something that human beings, probably unbeknownst you know, we didn't realize that how badly we would need it to communicate during this day and age. But uh, this is what we got. It's quite capable, quite a capable instrument in order to interact. You know, on that note, I saw this article the other day. It was talking about the history of a, a stone well or something like that. It was a square stone that still, this is in Poland, I think, but basically what it was is back in bubonic plague time frames time frame there was this in the center of town there was this square and in the in the middle of the square there was another little square it was like a well a little bit of uh, maybe let's say a foot down in the center of this square stone would be this small well and it would be full of vinegar which is very acidic, of course. So if you were a farmer or you know, merchant bringing your wares to the marketplace, nobody wanted to be near one another back in the bubonic plague, and we didn't have the internet. So these stones served that purpose. You would go to the center of town if you were a merchant, and you would drop off the goods, and you would back up. And the person who wanted to buy, let's say, a couple apples or whatever, or some whatever, fucking food, some sort of sustenance, you would grab your lettuce, heads of lettuce or cabbage or whatever, and you would back up, or you would take your money and you'd put it in that, uh, that well, and then... The merchant would go over there and stick their hand in the well and take out their stuff. I don't know if it was real or imagined or whatever, but anyway, to me it suggests the lengths that we have to go sometimes in order to communicate, and that's an old school method right there. I don't want to be even touching money, your coins that you've had in your pocket that you probably have the plague on, so just you drop them in that vinegar well, and I'll pull that out, and you take your heads of lettuce and off you go so 
contrast that with this modern day and age where we have the opportunity to go on the internet and do video conferences and see how everyone's doing and it's not ideal and there's some of the applications that we use are buggy they're not perfect but damn it's pretty incredible that we have this ability and our technology that we have or how far given how far we've come in our society and our our evolution as human beings we've created some pretty cool things we've fucked up a lot and we all know that man you know we we know we polluted this earth we know we try to extract infinite resources from a finite planet for sure man we have a big ass footprint we eat a lot we freaking dig in the earth a lot take trying to take out its precious commodities like oil and gas and minerals and stuff like that we mine this fucking blue planet for everything that it has we go into the ocean and we take everything we need and more than that we fucking take everything why not just fish everything you know uh, listen to the Joe Rogan experience yesterday there were some excellent guests this guy named Lex Friedman um, smart guy young scientist of some repute really really good conversations were had and one of the things that Joe was talking about how human beings being a virus not to get it any more down on ourselves than we currently are but the role that we play in spreading disease and also in causing disease you think about it imagine if you were a a tuna he said and you know we're going to go in the in the ocean and we're going to take these big ass nets big ass boats with refrigerated you know freezer hulls and we're going to throw these nets out and we're going to haul them in and with that we're going to take every fucking thing you know thousands of pounds and tons and you know of tuna fish and we just harvest them we just we take these these fish and we fucking you know, it's sushi. Then he's saying, yeah, imagine there's a virus. If the tuna fish could talk and communicate, like we assume everything doesn't have the ability, it's only human beings can communicate, right? You think that they haven't spoken amongst themselves and said, hey, tuna fish, we got this virus. It's, it's Here's the path of, you know, physiology of it. There are these boats, these fleet of vessels that come out and they cut through the water and they drop nets and they catch us and that's why all of our all of our kind are being taken and it's decimating our numbers and we've all known somebody who's died courtesy this virus the virus is human beings man again not to get too dark or pessimistic but we're like that you know we have a huge footprint we like to fucking just rape the uh landscape of everything we're going to make use of everything it's an incredible thing to think about how human beings, you know, like us, the biology of human beings, us as a life form, and how we have spread and how we have grown as a culture. It's absolutely remarkable. And scary the same time you know something to think about so 
good podcast on the JRE experience recently. There's another guy, uh, right, uh, Republican congressman or something like that, former SEAL with an eye patch. First, he seemed like a pretty reasonable guy. Then he started, I don't know, I don't know. He, he seemed to go off talking about how we shouldn't, we shouldn't assume that we should all have, you know, Right now, there's a need for the government to intervene, but the dangers of the government intervention and big government, and I'm just thinking about healthcare. You talk about what are needs, what are essential needs for human beings? What would we be liable, should we be liable for not providing to all, trying to facilitate for all? Talking about healthcare, talking about health insurance, talking about food, you know, the basic necessities of life. Now that we've got to this point where we can produce so much and we know what we can do, you know, courtesy of the Industrial Revolution and our progress since that time, the Agricultural Revolution prior to that, you know, just we have so much and we have so much potential still what responsibility do we have to provide for our people and in terms of a pandemic that comes through that does not that does not discriminate between anybody rich poor doesn't matter doesn't matter your socioeconomic status it's going to you know we all know somebody who's affected i know people who have died at this point or I know people who know people who have died. I know people who are working in this capacity as healthcare providers and they might wind up in harm's way. And that's a shame. That's, you know, that's a big problem. So I don't really I didn't really like what this I wasn't picking up what this guy was putting down, talking about healthcare, how the United States is the hub of innovation and no other countries are innovating. It's all happening here. Listen, I'm sure we do our share of research and stuff, but the world is a pretty big place. And places like China and India and the Nordic countries and fucking all over the world, man. There's research happening everywhere. There's innovation happening everywhere. And so... This guy was trying to make a case for, um, you know, what happens if we no longer incentivize pharmaceutical, big pharma to research things. And the question that Joe asked, and that I, I thought, was that, uh, you know, what we pondered was that um, you can st- you can incentivize. The government has a role of providing health care to common good the right thing to do and you can incentivize the public sector or the private sector rather to innovate give them incentives government and the friggin private sector work together all the time maybe they shouldn't be pitted as em- enemies you know we're not going to force out competition or anything like that but maybe things need to be a little bit more balanced in general economically industrially um, socioeconomically We need more homeostasis on this planet if we're going to survive long term. 
So there's that. There's a couple studies I want to mention before I pull up to the office here. First one is step count. Uh, study suggests that just having the people who've got, who put more friggin' uh, rubber on the road and rock it out with their step count, just walking, independent of the intensity. In other words, you don't have to be hauling ass, but you, you need to go out there and friggin' just cover some ground. You do that, you're increasing longevity. It's kind of common sense. It's also nice to see that, you know, that scientific correlation being made and validated. So get out there walking. Secondly, on that JRE podcast, the Lex Friedman and Joe were, they were reviewing masks and the importance of masks. And Lex was saying that the science is there that you're reducing the spread of respiratory droplets. And when we're going around, just like cars right now, not too many, but just like vehicles are pumping out exhaust as a result of the work that's being produced in the engine to make the wheels go round and round, we are carrying out cellular respiration right now. Breathing in, breathing out, our cells take all the the oxygen and, and nutrients and distribute them throughout the body. There are byproducts of that. There are waste products that we must exhale, most notably carbon carbon, uh, dioxide. And so when we do that, we exhale, we got respiratory droplets, um, we're breathing, we're interacting, we're spreading this stuff, right? So um, very important. Just thinking... He's talking about masks and the importance if we go out in public. We think of it like we're protecting ourselves with this personal protective equipment. We are doing so. But we are also protecting other people. And so it's a gesture that we are making, that it's an effort that we are making to help everyone, to help other people, to protect them from anything we might be carrying. And so it's a type of, it's, it's hygiene. It's a responsibility. That's why I'm wearing this, uh, muffler around my neck right now. I'm going to pull it up when the first patient comes through and I'll have gloves on my hands and I'll have cleaned the entire office, et cetera, et cetera. So It's a responsibility that we have to provide for the common good. It's something that we can do. It's not something that you should feel awkward about doing uh, or question whether or not we should do it. We should. We need to. Wear fucking masks at this point in time. You know, there'll be a time when that might not be, you know, hopefully soon. We might not have to do that, but time being, it's very important that we do that when we go out in public. And there's somebody walking with a mask right now. Um, so the step count, the need for a mask. Oh, on that note, uh, an article I read, it was from Sweden, I think. They determined they determined that there's something called a slip trace. 
slip trace, I think that's what it was called, slip, slipstream. The slipstream is where while you're running or walking around your community and while you are riding your mountain bike throughout wherever down a trail and you're respirating, you're breathing, you're creating a stream. You're leaving a trail behind you like freaking not dissimilar from breadcrumbs and whoever the fuck that was, that nursery rhyme character. That slipstream. Um, so you could find your way home. There's a trail that we leave behind us. There's a signature that we leave that includes respiratory droplets. And it's not inconceivable that you could infect somebody by doing that. You know, here we are trying to get out and about, get some exercise, and <clears throat> it's great and it should be encouraged. But social distancing still needs to take place because if you wind up in somebody's slipstream, you could very easily become ill as a result of that. You might not, and then the risk is obviously less than if you're within somebody's personal space, but wear a fucking mask, you know, you're protecting others. I think it's a nice little practice, and I think mask technology is going to rise, it's going to increase exponentially, we're going to find better masks, better materials, sustainably, sustainable materials, um, easier to breathe through, more protective I also came up with an innovation where we create these um, Velcro, Velcro-enhanced emoji faces. So smiles, resting bitch face, whatever you want to wear, whatever you want to show to people, then you should be encouraged to do so. Because when we mask our mouths up, there's a whole lot of muscles, facial muscles, that are playing a role there to... Um, provide an expression and to show, put our best face on for people that we're interacting with. Think about that. Imagine if everybody covered their mouths or wore a mask and can you imagine what that would, um, you know, we're already kind of distancing ourselves from one another. So if we start masking up like that, what is our body language going to suggest? I think we should be encouraged to somehow enhance our, uh, our masked faces. So if I had the ability right now, I'd put solid masks into production, little Velcro spot, and sell these different, like almost like patches you'd put on a jean jacket, like a Hot Lips Rolling Stones logo that you would wear on your face, right? That'd be pretty cool. So those are the three studies I think I want to cover. Um, high point in the Oberst household recently is that we have been playing a lot of scattergories and something about me I hate games like board games and shit I can't stand it therefore I don't, if I don't like it I'm not good at it and my wife loves games she's like a a game uh, rule Nazi she'll freaking pull rank on you and tell you what you're doing wrong and how you're going to lose and so I probably hate games because she loves them so much. But whatever. There's nothing but love there. But Scattergories is cool because it's a word game and I'm a very wordy guy. So 
Very interesting game, very fun. The kids love it. We're going to do a category Zoom tonight where we get some uh, friends on the line and talk to them about the different... Um, or we're going to play categories on Zoom. So let you know how that goes. But it's definitely a fun occasion. It's building our knowledge, our language, our ability to communicate. And by opening up to the social media thing, not social media, but the Zoom call with our friends, we're going to have even more fun. So, listen, kick ass and take names. I'm going in now. Treat a few patients this evening. And this guy looks a little bit like fucking a creep. Jesus. I don't know why I have like a crack house next to my fucking office here. That's what it kind of looks like. Like a fucking crack house. There's always some shady renters there. Section 8s or something like that. I don't know. But that guy, he looked a little bit shade. Might have to friggin' knock any remaining teeth that he has in his mouth out if he fucks with me or my office. Love and respect. Stay motivated.